Welcome to the Kansas Reflector Podcast. I'm Noah Taborda. On today's episode, host Tim Carpenter breaks down what's to come when the Kansas legislature returns for veto session. The audio was recorded on a mobile device, so bear with us. Without further ado, here's Tim. The Republican-dominated Kansas legislature covered Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's desk with a pile of bills that turned out to include an unusual amount of veto bait. She signed dozens of bills into law during the 21 legislative session, but balked at measures legalizing the carrying of concealed handguns by teenagers, adopting a special license plate honoring a slave trader, and banning transgender girls and women from participating in sports consistent with their gender identity. In all, she's vetoed eight bills, and line item vetoed more than a dozen provisions of a massive budget bill. House and Senate Republicans are now licking their chops. They say they can't wait to return to the Capitol on Monday for the traditional veto session, which hasn't offered Republicans a, a target-rich environment like this in more than 15 years. If you look at what she vetoed, she vetoed some of our best legislation, which we expected that. I'm telling you folks, they are going to earn their pay when they come back in May. We're going to put this governor back in the box. That's House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins. Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt, and State Representative Blaine Finch speaking recently at the Kansas Republican Party's annual convention. No doubt they're channeling enthusiasm of other Republicans about the upcoming veto showdown. Make no mistake, the hunt for two-thirds majorities necessary to slam Dunk Kelly is as much about advancing a vision of government policy and spending as it is influencing outcome of the 2022 election for governor. House Speaker Ron Reichman, an Olathe Republican, is confident the House and Senate can impose their will. He knows both chambers own Republican supermajorities that, if held together, can override anything. Here's what Reichman told the state's most fervent Republicans about his mindset going into Monday. But regardless of what happens, there will be a line drawn between what Governor Kelly thinks the state should be and what the folks that you elected think the state can be. Senate Vice President Rick Wilburn, the McPherson Republican, said overriding vetoes would be more difficult than some portray. He said Republicans might not notch their belts as often as some would like. The Senate bills will come to us first. Some uh, we think will have no problem whatsoever. And then, of course, we'll have some that uh, will be a pretty long reach. And it'll take a lot of whipping to get it uh, broken bones, whatever you want to use. But, uh, over in the House, where most of the veto bills must start this journey of reclamation, Hawkins put an optimistic spin on the adventure. Uh, I, would, I would suggest we'll probably start off slow, uh, take the easy ones, build some pride, you know, some, some success, and then by the end of the day, uh, hopefully we will have all that. We've got a lot of work to do, but I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm really pretty bullish on what we can do this year. Time will tell. There is a sense this veto session of the legislature could stretch on for a week or so. Let's take a look now at bills vetoed by Kelly, including the content of the legislation, the thinking of the governor or an ally, and the GOP rebuttal. Not surprisingly, Governor Kelly vetoed what's called the Fairness in Sports Bill. It would require transgender girls or women to participate in high school or collegiate girls or women's teams according to their gender at birth. She said Senate Bill 55 sent a, quote, devastating message that Kansas is not welcome to all children and their families, end quote. 
She said enactment risked economic reprisal from the NCAA as well as hundreds of businesses opposed to the restrictions. To the contrary, Representative Doug Blex, an independence Republican, told a group of 2nd District Republicans he was befuddled by opposition to a bill aimed at transgender women. The bottom line, if you have a daughter or granddaughter, and to think that, you know, you can have somebody compete against them that could cheat them out of a scholarship, it's just beyond pale. I just cannot understand. I never thought I'd live long enough to see the things we're seeing in our world that's happening. One thing I want to say, I really appreciate the really ultra-conservative women legislators. My first term up here, we had a bunch of weak ladies that could not vote the way we need to vote. Now that is gone. We got some strong ladies, and every time they vote conservatives, it impresses every one of us up here, and we stand with them. Kelly also rejected a tax bill containing reform long sought by Republicans and business lobbyists. Senate Bill 50 rewards businesses especially big businesses, with state tax breaks. It allows people to take a standard deduction on federal income taxes but keep itemizing on state income tax returns. It's something that might benefit less than 20% of Kansans. It also raises the standard deduction on state income taxes, and in that sense, all taxpayers would benefit. Prospects of an override increased after the state's financial analyst increased by $300 million the anticipated tax revenue in the fiscal year ending in June. Senator Karen Tyson, a Republican and chair of the Senate Tax Committee, said she was pleased Kelly signed a bundle of property tax legislation. She's not quite so impressed with Kelly's veto of Senate Bill 50, which is the Christmas tree loaded with about $100 million a year in benefits for businesses and individuals. Here's Senator Tyson on trying to outflank the governor on tax policy. We had some great tax legislation this year. Everybody thinks we got one or two bills passed, but if you look at what actually was introduced last year, there were 16 property tax bills and two bills that she signed into law. You're gonna see a process improvement with your property taxes. I know you've got other speakers, but I just want you to know that we need you. We need a veto override on Senate Bill 50. It's a tax income tax bill. We can afford it. Anybody that says we can't, they aren't paying attention. Kelly also vetoed House Bill 2058, which would enable people 18 to 20 years of age to carry concealed weapons in public. These individuals would earn that right by completing a firearm safety course, a background check, and paying a fee to the state. Right now, you gotta be 21 to carry concealed. House Speaker Reichman said the governor was off target on the Second Amendment. We passed a, a Second Amendment law that said we want to we want to make sure people are licensed. We make sure we can reciprocate with other states. The governor who voted for that as a state senator, now as governor, decided to veto that. Governor Kelly denounced and vetoed the license plate bill that would allow people to display a plate paying tribute to the Gadsden flag. It's the one with a coiled snake on a yellow background with the words, Don't Tread on Me. It's named for Christopher Gadsden, a merchant who built a wharf in Charleston, South Carolina, where thousands of slaves passed through when brought to America. The flag image has been embraced by white supremacists, and fans of the plate would help raise money for the state affiliate of the National Rifle Association. Representative Finch of Ottawa noted the bill included a specialized license plate for benefit of child cancer research, and he blasted the governor for engaging in, quote, identity politics. 
got a bill that is about license plates. She vetoed a bill about license plates because she didn't like one of the plates that was in there. And, and look, in the legislature, you learn right away. It's a lot like being married, right? Nobody gets everything they want. Uh, you got to give and take a little bit. There's a little bit of compromise that goes on. And, and she didn't like one part of this bill and deep six the whole thing. The governor refused to go along with a move by the legislature to make it more difficult for people to secure an advanced ballot and for organizations or volunteers to deliver absentee ballots to election officials. In a veto message, Governor Kelly said it amounted to voter suppression. She said there was no evidence of significant fraud in the millions of votes cast by Kansans during the past decade. Democratic legislators argued House Bill 2183 and House Bill 2332 would disenfranchise the poor, the elderly, and disabled voters. Winfield Senator Larry Alley, serving as interim Senate Majority Leader due to Senator Gene Solentrop vacating the position following a DUI and fleeing from police arrest, said the election legislation was a simple to reestablish fairness in the political process. He implied it might help Republicans, too make sure it's transparent and make sure that we get the right people in there back with it. So we will try to override her veto on that bill and uh, uh, hopefully can uh, get that fair election back here in Kansas. The Democratic governor vetoed House Bill 2339. That's the one that would require high schoolers to pass a civics exam and financial literacy class before they could graduate. She also rejected House Bill 2089 because it would mandate gun safety courses taught in grades K to 5 to follow curriculum offered by the NRA. Kelly said the Kansas Constitution granted the Kansas State Board of Education authority to set curriculum for public schools and dismissed involvement of the House and Senate in this area as legislative overreach. Representative Finch, of course, didn't agree. She vetoed a bill requiring kids to have a civics test as, as part of their education to understand the fundamental core reason that we have public education is to produce people who are ready to be citizens and carry on our democracy. Before this veto session ends, the legislature also must find time to lock down the new budget. Kelly signed the initial budget bill, but line item vetoed more than a dozen elements of that measure. The legislature can try to override those as well. In addition, lawmakers must resolve lingering disputes about a proposed 2.5% salary increase for state workers, the 20 mil property tax that finances K-12 public education, and much, much more. It may be a long week. I'm Tim Carpenter with the Kansas Reflector Podcast.